Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. Action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome everyone to the Your Life, Your Purpose podcast here on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. This is Brandon Allen, and I'm excited to be bringing you another fantastic business podcast this week. And so this week, I wanted to get a little bit into strategy in your business. And this is something that smaller business owners, I don't think, spend enough time really thinking about the long-term strategy of their business and how that affects what they do on a day-to-day basis. And it's never more clear than in an area of volume in your business. If I talk to a small business owner, probably nine times out of 10, that business owner's main concern in their business is volume. How do I do more? How do I get new customers? How do I grow my revenue? And that's really the primary focus. Now, I'm not saying that growth is a bad thing or that you shouldn't focus on growth. But the other question there is, should you should you see more people or should you look for ways to increase the value of the transaction that people are already coming in for? And if you did that, how could that potentially help you at a higher level than getting new people in? And I bring this up because... Uh, This is something that I talk with business owners about, and every time I talk with a business owner about it, they shake shake their head like, ah, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. But the simple fact of the matter is this. You know this and I know this. When you get new customers, it's way more costly and not nearly as valuable to your business as it is to retain the current customers that you have. So if you're not thinking enough... see. We put way too much strategy on getting a new customer and we don't put near enough strategy in how do we retain the ones that we have so that those people continue to come in month after month, year after year, and that alone will will provide a greater multiplier in your business than anything else. But as I started thinking about this, I thought, where do we go wrong here? Where does this go wrong? So I want to talk a little bit about the, the three delivery vehicles for value in your business, what you can do to increase the value in your business and what that looks like. And so, and and when I say value, I'm not talking about the, the, uh, the balance sheet value of your business. I'm talking about the value that you deliver to your end user, whoever that is. That could be a patient, that could be a customer, that could be a member, whatever that is. How do you deliver that end use value? And I had a book that was recommended to me not too long ago called The Discipline of Market Leaders. And the book's a little old, and and some of the case studies that they use in there are not necessarily relevant case studies today. But the book touches on an interesting point, and and it made me think about where a lot of small business owners go wrong in, in that they don't really know where they're competing in their market. And so think about this for you. This may be something that you're thinking about. Hey, when was the last time I really got clear on how I deliver value? So I want to spend a few minutes and just talk about these three delivery drivers of business. And the first one 
is operational excellence. So one of the ways that you can compete in the market and the, one of the ways that you can create value at a high level is to be a company that's operationally excellent. And so what does that look like? Um, some good examples of that are, are uh, you know, a company like uh, Walmart. Walmart is an operationally excellent company. How do they deliver value to people? Well, they have solid logistics. They, they're always looking for the best vendors, the best users to put in front of, of their, uh, their clientele, and they only sell products that people want. And so because of this, they're able to deliver low price uh, convenience to people. Now, look, everyone has their opinion about Walmart, but let me tell you this. Walmart wants to be an operationally excellent company, which means that in this case, they want to make it easy and they want to make it cost effective for people to use it. So one of the biggest complaints that I hear about Walmart, when you go there, their service is terrible, right? People talk about that all the time, but you know what's funny about that? Walmart isn't in the service game. They're not out to create a high level service experience for an end user. That's not their market. That's not what they're trying to do. And that's not to say that they don't want horrible service, but they're not going to be a top-notch company in that. And, and as we're talking about this, this is important to note. You can't be excellent in all of the three areas. It's impossible to do it. Now, you can be very good in a couple of them and you know so-so in another, but you can't be excellent at the highest level with all three of these models. So just keep that in mind as we as we talk about this. So what does operational excellence look like for your business? What does that look like for you? That could be streamlining service and just saying, look, we're going to we're going to streamline service to make it quick and efficient as possible. And operational so so to use this example in in the doctor realm. So I work with a lot of doctors. And so in the doctor realm, an operationally excellent company does not make someone wait in the waiting room 30 to 45 minutes. That's not something that an operationally excellent company would do, right? So if you want to be an operationally excellent company, this will show up in your values and in the types of things that you value. You may value efficiency. Um, It's going to show up in your systems and processes and how you do those things. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that you can do and what that looks like here in a minute. But the, the other area that you can look at or, or create value for people in is product leadership. And so product leaders, basically, they're always looking to, they're, they're on the cutting edge of what's available. So if you're a product leader in your business, you're always using the latest technology, the latest tools. In fact, you're not just using tools that are already available, you're inventing tools that are already available. And this is a pretty rare space to really play in because, you know, research and development and things like that. I mean, that costs money. It takes time. You know, companies like Apple, Apple's a great example of a company that is a product leader. They're always looking to push the envelope, open up new frontiers and and come up with new products and services. And so, you know, Apple is a great example of that. So if you want to be a product leader, you're going to invest a lot in innovation, research and development, there's going to be a lot of brainstorming, things like that, and you're not going to be ever accepting of the status quo with regards to what's possible. It's always about what what's the new frontier, what's something up the, something else that we can open up, a new market, a new product, a new service, what does that look like? So product leadership is the second way that you can create value in the marketplace. And the third one is about customer intimacy. So customer intimacy is basically 
it boils down to creating a product or service that is tailored for someone's individual need and where they're at. And this gets really tricky for people. So I work with a company. I, I One of the companies that I work with is a company called Freedom Fast Track. And so with Freedom Fast Track, that is a company that is about customer intimacy. It's about taking the tools that we have and creating a specific solution for a specific individual. So when customer intimacy is the is is your model, you have to realize that, look, if you're getting down into tailored custom solutions for people, that comes at a price. It's not, it, it you know, you can't just take people through a chop shop, you know, da, 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 system and process that just runs people through uh, an assembly line, so to speak, to do that. It, it takes, you know, this is where you really get down and deep into who are the, who are the people that you work with? What are their needs? What are their goals? And so, you have to really think about this, you know, in your business model. And it's probably for a lot of my listeners that are in the service industry, it's more likely that you're going to be either operationally excellent as a model or you're going to value customer int- intimacy. But the reality is, is that you can't excel at both. So you have to either be really good at customer intimacy. And look, it, it's not to say that you could suck at operations. I, I still think, you know, I gave an example of patients waiting 45 minutes in a waiting room that's going to kill your business no matter what. So, I mean, you want to shorten waiting times and things like that. But if customer intimacy is your goal, you can get away with that. But if you have people wait and you don't, and um, you want to be, you value efficiency, well, that's not going to really work as a business model. But this is really an important distinction. What do you want to be? Do you want to be operationally excellent, excellent or do you want to value customer intimacy? And if you value customer intimacy, High volume of patients isn't necessarily in your realm. And and I use this example because I, I talked about Freedom Fast Track earlier. In Freedom Fast Track, we've identified a specific number of clients that we can work with at any one time. And once we get to that number, we will enroll no new people into the program. And what we'll continue to do is, is create lifetime uh, lifetime services, different things like that to keep people involved in Freedom Fast Track. But at the same time, we've identified a specific number that, hey, once we get to this number, we're done because we can't offer service at the level that we want to and customer intimacy at the level that we want to if we add too many more people to that process. So think about that for your own business. When If you value cu- customer intimacy and you really want to give people customized solutions based on their situation, you got to really dive into someone's uh, psyche. What are their goals? What do they want to achieve? What do they do on their spare time? What are their hobbies? What's their family like? What are their stressors at work? All these different things that you really want to know about to see how does my solution really fit their specific lifestyle. When I look at my business coaching, my business coaching is about customer intimacy. It's about really understanding where that particular client is at and then really putting together some specific solutions to that person. So someone will ask me, hey, what's the best way to manage my day? I don't know. That depends. That depends on the individual how you should manage your day. How should I manage my office? You know what? That also depends. But listen, there are plenty of coaching programs and different programs that take you through a cookie cutter process where everyone gets the same information at the same time during the same uh, in the same way. And, and that's fine too. There's value in that process too. You can reach more people. 
you can give more people, you know, you, you look at operational excellence and that's really about reaching more people and affecting more people in a, in a more, in a, in a marginal way. Not, and I don't use the word marginal in, in a way that's negative, but it's just, look, you can only do so much for each person in a, in a done for you cookie cutter system. For those people who want real deep, meaningful results, customer intimacy is a great way to go. But you, but you can only do so much with customer intimacy, which means you've got to change your model and how you do business. You may spend more time with clients. You may charge a higher price because there's more involved. Um, you, may, you may look for and target a different kind of client that's just ready for that. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. Sometimes I work with clients or I'll talk with a prospective client and I'll look at them and I'll say, look, what you want is just some cookie cutter done for you type of a thing. And that's not what I do. And so with that being the case, here's a couple people that I would recommend that you work with. I'm not your guy. Don't work with me. It's not going to work. And so, you know, for, for some people we'll talk and I'll say, oh man, you've got some real deep, meaningful goals that we can dive into and I can provide solutions for. I'm a great fit. Let's work together. Here's what it looks like. And so this is something to think about. I think when I work with a business owner, I know that there's no thought process on the marketplace. So one of the things that we ask in our core blueprint exercise is current market space. How do you want to be known in the market? But also, how do you want to compete in the market? Do you want to be the the lowest priced uh, person in your market? Do you want to be the cutting edge innovator of what uh, your uh, industry is all about? Do you want to be someone who just has deep, meaningful relationships? And if you do, is volume the answer to that problem? If customer intimacy is your model, volume is not the answer. Not to say that you don't want to grow and improve and expand, but you have to change the ways that you do that. And it's not about bringing in more new people It's about how do we raise the lifetime value of the current people that we already have. And that's a strategy issue that we want to put in place in our business to make that work. So think about that. So as I'm talking about this, here's some different things to think about in ways that you can create value for your business. So for instance, if you want operational excellence, better systems is your deal. You want better systems, more efficient, Less intimacy, less time, get them in, get them out, get them a reasonable result, and get on to the next person, right? Product leadership is part of that too, right? What systems can go into product leadership? You, you have to have systems designed to help you be a product leader. There's systems that are involved in customer intimacy that require us to take that relationship to a deeper level. Another way to create value is better teamwork. Getting Look, if you, I don't care what model you choose. They're all fine. Companies are profitable in any model. So, you know, I think some people listening to this will hear like operational excellence. And they'll think, well, that's not me. I don't want to be operationally. I don't want to be the cold, you know, systematic, uh, you know, person in the marketplace. But look, there's always a place for that. There's always a place. As much as I complain about Walmart service myself, I still shop there. Because it's so damn easy to work with Walmart. In a lot of ways, it's just so easy. Okay? So, you know, think about that. Um, Don't get hung up on, you know, how you think it should be. 
Do it how you want to do it. But I think sometimes we run into a situation where, you know, especially with teamwork and how we interact with our business is we're conflicted because on one hand, we want to be operationally excellent. We want to see as many people as we possibly can. But on the other hand, we want intimacy and we want to get people just a fantastic result in that moment where we go deep and we just we have a customized solution and we do that. But like but sometimes those things are just at odds. They You can't do both. If you want to see, you know, if you're a doctor, you want to see a lot of people in a day. That's awesome. But guess what? Customer intimacy goes right out the window as soon as you as soon as you ta- start that model. And but we fight that and we want to spend more time with people. We want to do that. Then we run late and all these things happen. So think about how you want to do this. Get your team involved in that process and really define how are we going to create value in the marketplace? The, and the last thing is better services. When we talk about creating value, how do we create better services? So if intimacy is your deal and it's not about bringing in a hundred you know, new customers a day into your business, but we want to we want to retain the ones that we currently have. What kind of services? How could we expand, improve, and how can we continue to bring about a better service to help with retention? What does that look like for you? So just think about this in your business. I mean, this is just kind of a crash course on strategy, business models, how we compete in the market, and and what we can do to create value in our business and. This is the thing. I mean, we get so hung up on volume that we forget about the strategies that create value. And this is really about what is our premise? Where do we want to be in the marketplace? Have you defined what type of a company that you want to be and how you want to compete? How are you going to compete? And a lot of times we just we do a half-assed job in how we want to compete because we just say, "Hey, we want to just we want to give an awesome service. We want to really help people." Well, that's awesome, but everyone in your market is doing that. So how can you do that better than the next person? What does that look like? Are you cutting edge? Are you innovative? Are you always showing people the newest gadget toy or whatever on the marketplace and even looking and inventing different ways of doing things yourself? That's awesome. Are you someone who just wants to go deep and meaningful with every person that you have and give them a really super customized solution to that just fits their exact needs? If that's you, that's awesome. If, if you want to be operationally excellent, then that's great too. So just take a look at how you want to create that operational excellence within your business. So think about that for this week. Think about how you compete and are you clear about how you want to deliver the value that you deliver? And what does that look like? Understanding that no model is a bad model. But not choosing a model is very confusing and it leads to mediocre results. So if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, if you want to talk more about that, if you're not working with me as a, in your business, then I would suggest that uh, I'm going to put a link here with the on the page that this podcast is located. You can go to buildyoursoulpurpose.com and find this. Fill out the business assessment. Let's sit down and talk about it. For those of you who I am working with already and you listen to this and you have questions, don't hesitate to email me or reach out and we can talk about it. If you found value in the podcast, make sure you subscribe in iTunes and also share this with your homies. So, hey, I appreciate everyone for listening this week. This is Brandon Allen from the Your Life, Your Purpose podcast here on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. I am signing off. Have a fantastic day.